Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program already in progress. It's hour two on this Wednesday. Great t-shirts on the website. Pick them up. Got a sale going on as well. DanPatrick.com. Stat of the day brought to you by the great folks at Panini. Panini America, the official trading cards of The Dan Patrick Show. Got a poll question and uh, your phone call is always welcome. Tony Dungy will join us coming up here in about 20 minutes. Marcellus Wiley will make his Wednesday pit stop as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Seton, what do you have for us? Hour two on this program. Hour two is a poll question Paul's very excited about. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, as you know, it's uh, International Sweatpants Day. I wasn't aware of it until I came in today. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's not even national. This is International Sweatpants Day. International Sweatpants Day. Okay. Sweatpants. All right. Maybe I should throw a little something on there. All right. If you had to wear one every day for the rest of your life, jeans, sweatpants, or other? Oh, I'd say sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not taking jeans. No. No way. No. Really? No. How, how do you go out socially in sweatpants all day, like, the rest of your life, doesn't Easily. it? Easily. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> not saying it's a good look, but it's so comfortable. Oh, yeah. Makes my point for me. Yeah. If anything, I uh, <laughs> I don't have to go out socially anymore because I just don't have the clothes. Like I said, I'm going to leave that slob behind. Yeah. Hey, you're, see you later. Yeah, your wife's not going to let you go out that way. Yeah, have, tell him I said hi. Yeah, yeah, Paul. You don't feel a little like uh, you've given up a little bit when you're wearing sweatpants all day. I understand morning or couch time yeah. watching football, but like on a Tuesday at 4 o'clock, you're in sweatpants. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Seton at one point, I don't know if it was last year, said uh, I looked like I'd given up on life the way I was dressed one day. I don't know if, if yeah, it was a little while ago. Yeah. But yeah. You just, you came in with an outfit and it just kind of looked like, yeah, you'd given up. I, <laughs> well, well, so you, no offense. You, you sometimes wear those nice track pants with the lines on it. Yeah. That's different than sweatpants. That, that means you look like you're maybe going to work out. Yeah, but they've got these sweatpants now that are dress pants sweatpants well they call them joggers because it makes it seem like there's activity involved oh. in them. sweat it's like meatloaf sweatpants is like meatloaf it infers nothing's happening in your life mm -hmm. the joggers mean hey i'm, I'm out and about yes Tom. which means if you're choosing to wear sweatpants that don't even look remotely dressy when those are available now in stores that could be slightly giving up. Yeah, but if I get my uh, sweatpants from Lululemon, Ooh. chances are I could go to dinner or I might break out in a jog. I think I could do both. Somebody says you're wearing sweatpants to dinner. They're Lululemon. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh. And they're oh. joggers. Ooh, yeah. Things are going well. Yeah. Ooh. I didn't realize that. And then my wife got me a gift certificate. And then I go, Lululemon. And then my daughters go, oh, dad, you want to go Lululemon? I go, why? Oh, it's really dressy. Like, they're casual stuff, but it's dressy casual. And I go, okay. So I went to Lululemon. Oh, you went? Yeah, yeah. Have you worn them to work before? No, I have not. Uh, no, I have not. Maybe tomorrow. No, probably not. Yeah. Oh, we would like to know more about this. It's International Sweatpants Day it is. week. Uh, no, just day. <laughs> just day. Fritzy, you got sweatpants on today, don't you? I sure do. Okay. And they don't have a stripe down them, and you would never probably be allowed to get into most restaurants. Marvin, them. you got sweatpants on today? I sure do. Yeah. Okay. You also have a uh, Christmas sweatshirt on. 
I do. There's thought that goes behind like these my sweatpants. Oh. I'm not I'm not gonna wear my around the house sweatpants. Oh. Those are these are your dingy. work sweatpants. Yes, as a matter of fact, they are. Yeah. <laughs> and you're getting busy today. But Marvin's put together the whole outfit yeah. matches the the shoes with the sweatpants. Yeah. It, it, it's thought. It's not like Hey, I'm doing nothing today. I'm between jobs. And Marvin has a sweatshirt that he got for Christmas that I wasn't sure what it was related to, but you told us that it's a NBA sweatshirt, and these are the 1997 All-Star Game logos? Yeah, Eastern Conference All-Star. Oh, oh, just Eastern Conference. Yeah, I don't want to disrespect the Dallas Mavericks, who represented that year also. Okay. And then Marvin said, go through the whole list and see if you can tell me who represented these teams in the 1997 All-Star team. I was most impressed with Paulie because he said Christian Leitner. Christian Leitner for the Hawks yes. as an All-Star. Bloop, bloop. Uh, who else was in there? Glenn Rice was in there. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Vin Baker. Wow. Vin Baker for the Celtics, I believe. University of Hartford. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, what, Terrell Brandon? Correct. For the Bucks. Wow. Yeah. For the Cavs. Oh, Cavs. Zoe Morning for the mm-hmm. Heat. I got a few more. Tom Gugliotta for Minnesota. Detlef. Trump. For Good. Seattle. Okay. Too soon. Mm-hmm. Chris Gatling for Dallas made it. He played for a lot of teams. Yeah, he did. Chris Ed- Gatling. Eddie Jones out of Temple for the Lakers. Okay. He's a nice little slasher. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I got Mitch Richmond. Ooh. This is the West. Yeah. The starters for the West in the 97 All-Star Games. Gary Payton, John Stockton, Hakeem. Carl Malone, Sean Kemp. Mm. That's a good time. Yeah. The starters for the East, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Anthony Hardaway, mm. Grant Hill, mm. Dikembe Mutombo. Mm. Some of the backups were Joe Dumars, Chris Weber, Tim Hardaway, uh, Baker, Rice, Leitner, Brandon. Mm. Okay. All right. Welcome to the program. Already in progress, as I mentioned, Tony Dungy will join us. What would he say to his place kicker? What would he say to Brett Maher? In the moment, missing those, and what would he be doing now this week? Would you try to go out and get another kicker? I don't think you can because that kicker hasn't been kicking for a year, and you're going to bring him in, and then you have the pressure going into San Francisco. Can you check this stat? I believe the Niners are the first team in NFL history to have every opponent who played the following week against them lost their game after they played the 49ers. Does that make sense? That the Niners roughed him up, that I think they had 10 opponents who played the next their next game after playing the Niners, and all 10 lost this season. By the way, Dak Prescott faces the Niners, and they have the league's number one scoring defense. He's played two games in his career against teams that finished first in scoring defense that year. He lost to the Patriots back in 2019. He lost to the Rams in 2020. And uh, in those games, he threw for a total of 478 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The beautiful game is back on Peacock. Experience this season of Premier League on its streaming home in the U.S. with 180 exclusive matches, plus full replays, extended highlights, and more. We say hi to those on uh, watching on Peacock and our radio affiliates around the country. Yes, Paulie? little stat on the Niners. Mm. Uh, before Brock Purdy took over, they had the 11th-ranked offense in football. Since he took over, they now have the 6th-ranked offense in football scoring. We're not even talking about Brock Purdy and the pressure on him and facing the Dallas defense and Micah Parsons in company. It's all about Dak Prescott going into that game against the 49ers. But I know Brock Purdy looked good against Seattle. Dallas will be different because you can't afford to make mistakes because Dallas's offense will make you pay. At least they have the talent to make you pay more than Seattle's offense. But I know there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people. Mike McCarthy, is he coaching for his job? Brett Maher, is he kicking for his job? Uh, Dak Prescott, your legacy. Or as Nick Wright likes to point out, he doesn't have a legacy. And uh, But going into that game, now you have Brock Purdy. 
you know, are you playing for your starting role next year? Now, they seem like wild questions now, but they become more relevant as you see what the outcome of this game is going to be. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. Operator Tyler standing by. Uh, Ryan in North Carolina leads us off. Hi, Ryan. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. How are we doing? All righty. Uh, so, first, before I get into my statement about Aaron Rodgers, uh, I want to agree with Marv. I have my, you know, at-home sweatpants, and then I have, like, my nicer going going to the store, going to Target sweatpants. So, mm. I definitely I definitely get that. Um, but with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are saying that he, instead of saying he would keep winning another MVP, that he could win another Super that he should have said he could win another Super Bowl. Does that fire burn for Rodgers anymore that he even cares if he wins another Super Bowl? Obviously, you want to win every game you play, but is it the end of the world if Rodgers doesn't win a Super Bowl on his perspective? Yes, yes. Because you can't be called the most talented quarterback, however they phrase it with Aaron Rodgers, to ever play the game. And you have one Super Bowl. I would think that would be a, di- that would be a disappointment if he didn't have another Super Bowl. And it, it moves you up the list. When, when you have two, it, it just, it's different. You're in a different category there. And I, I would be surprised. Now, somebody might say, well, if you're going to win the MVP, then you know, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah. But keep this in mind with Aaron Rodgers. He's barely over 500 in the playoffs. He's 11 and 10. You make it because you've been in a bad division. You don't win clutch games at home as of late. Have home field advantage. You don't win. Winning an MVP, that's nice. But if you said you could win another Super if you said to Brett Favre, you want to hand back one of those MVPs? Give you a Super Bowl? Hell yes. Peyton Manning? Hell yes. That's what quarterbacks are measured by. Yeah. And you're saying one Super Bowl, you think, oh, that's enough, but he had it when he was young. Peyton Manning would have been the most uh, damaged by winning one Super Bowl. He, you know, his last year in Denver, he was 7-2 and two as a starter. He had nine touchdowns and 17 picks. He was well below average as a starter that year. But somehow they got a Super Bowl win, and it just washes that regular season away. He has two. If he had one, his career would be looked at like, one of the greats of all time. How did it only happen with one? Like the like this like the Braves pitching staff had been looked at. Yeah, yeah, Marv. And to piggyback off of Paulie, Peyton and Rogers are the same way in kind of this perspective. They lost a whole bunch of home playoff games with first round buys. Like they would be first round, I mean first weekend knockouts and more pa- often. And Peyton was what, fourteen and thirteen in the postseason? Yep. One above five hundred. One above like- five hundred. Yeah, you got you got to have another Super Bowl. You, you just do. And, and it and granted, they won in spite of Peyton that year. He didn't play well. Uh, you know, he couldn't throw. But they did win. They won with you know Von Miller and a great defense. But you know, you you look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does have talent around him if he wants to stay. I just don't know where he goes. Hey, I want to go where I can win another Super Bowl or MVP. How many of those teams? Is that Vegas? Does he feel better about Vegas than he does Green Bay? Because Vegas, you still have to go through Kansas City. Uh, the Chargers are still formidable. Denver has to get better. You know, do I think the Vikings are formidable? No. I think Detroit's on on the way. Chicago's a few years away. And that's what you do. You you stack up these wins. I mean, if Tampa Bay played in another division, they're not making the playoffs. But they Played in a bad division. Eight wins and you're in. And you get to host a playoff game. But I was kind of surprised. Uh, it, it didn't sound like Aaron Rodgers has... Well, I'll, I'll be fair to him. It didn't, it didn't sound like, hey, of course I'm going to be in Green Bay. It's like, nah, I don't know. And with Aaron, you don't know. Are the Packers going... Can the Packers get out of Aaron Rodgers' contract? And go with Jordan Love? What's the cap? Like all of those things that it's not just, hey, is he going to play? I'm not sure. He's not sure he wants to play here. Uh, He had this to say about returning to Green Bay. It's just taking some time. Taking some time. Pausing. 
letting kind of all the emotions kind of run through you and then and then starting to see how it feels day after day and and what's coming to mind you missing it not missing it you excited about the next season new challenge whatever it might be and, and then uh, kind of lean into that that feeling and whatever feels right in your body is probably what it's going to be i think it's got to be a full f- yes it's got to be like a yes 100 percent i'm in uh, and if it's not that then you're out okay got 59 and a half million dollars coming his way that could help my decision an awful lot you know like what else are you factoring in i like my wide receivers or you should I do it one more year. Give it a shot. Retire a Green Bay Packer. And, all right, maybe Jordan Love takes over after that. Give it another go. If you want to play football, give it another go. We'll talk to Tony Dungy. Got a few things to talk to Tony about. He brought up the fact that uh, the Cowboys are not going to win in San Francisco. And he'll tell you why. Also, what do you say to your place kicker? Can you say anything? You can't yell at kickers. I think Peyton Manning's the only one who yelled at, uh, what was that, Mike Vanderjack? Did he yell at him? Sort of. I don't know if he yelled at him in the moment. I think it was during the week when he said uh, his kicker was liquored up. All right, we'll take a break. We're back after this, Dan Patrick Show. If you own a business, been a bumpy ride, pandemic, inflation, you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees, managed to survive covid you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Not alone. It's a refund of your taxes. The challenge has been getting your hands on it. That's where GetRefunds.com comes in, comes to the rescue. Team of tax attorneys they put together highly trained in a little-known payroll tax refund program. They've already returned over $1 billion to businesses. I always like when you hear that when announcers go, $1 billion. Like, we're past that now. Like billion sounds like it's normal conversation. You don't go one billion dollars. Which is crazy when you think about how much money a billion dollars is. That's true. That's true. I don't think we're really appreciating how much it is. It is a whole lot, especially if you're a business. Businesses of all types can qualify. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions, see if you qualify. Payroll tax refund program only available for a limited amount of time. GetRefunds.com. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Teams that played the 49ers this season and then played a game the following week went 0-15. The lowest winning percentage by an opponent in a week after playing that team all time. Let's bring in Tony Dungy, the Hall of Famer, former coach with the Buccaneers and the Colts, and of course, football night in America analyst. Tony, um, Peyton Manning talked about adjustments that you make at halftime that, you know, he said it's uh, one of the, the great myths that there's just not that much time to make adjustments here. Uh, do you agree with what Peyton said? I do. Let me tell you a funny story, Dan, about the biggest uh, adjustment we made. We're in the AFC Championship game against New England. We're losing 21-6. You only have 12 minutes during halftime. So you get into the locker room. You probably got nine minutes left. Guys have to go to the bathroom, get their pads changed, all of that. Everybody, we're 15 down. Everybody's hyped up, talking. Assistant coaches want to talk. We finally got it all done, and uh, I'm about ready to talk and make these huge adjustments and give them a great speech. The guy knocks on the door and says, we got 30 seconds till you come out for kickoff. So I said, hey, we're playing terrible. If we don't start playing better, we're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the big halftime adjustment in the, the motivational speech. We went out, scored 32 points in the second half, didn't change anything, just did what we did a little better, and that's usually what happens. We had Doug Peterson on, and uh, he was telling uh, Kaylee Hartung, our, our field reporter, you know, walking to, into the locker room, hey, we just got to chip away. We just got to get our composure and do a little bit better. That's what it's basically all about. You throw out a few plays that don't look good. You accentuate some things that did look good, but you aren't making major changes in there. Yeah, and, and to stay with your game plan, if you know that your game plan is solid, there are a couple of fluky plays there, ricochet, there's an intercept, yep. you know, all yep. of those things. And it's not like the Chargers' offense was great. It was, you know, Asante Samuel. short field. Yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. And I thought, you know, Doug Peterson, where you just say, hey, let's just continue to do. And you said something that would, I remember, and it was really prophetic because you said, Score, stop, score. Now all of a sudden, you've changed the game, and that's what happened with uh, with Jacksonville. Yeah, and that's uh, that was really the the basis of my talk in that championship game. Hey, they're three scores ahead of us. If we don't do anything early on in the third quarter, they're just going to put it in cruise control. But I'll tell you what, if we stop them get the ball and score and make it a two-score game. Now they've got to keep playing, and that's when we'll come back. And we've got the whole second half to do it. So we don't have to win this game in the next 10 minutes, but we do have to stop them. We do have to score, and that's exactly what Jacksonville did. They stopped the first ride. They scored. They got the crowd back in it, and then it was a ball game. What did the Chargers fail to do in the second half that we maybe didn't see or we should notice? Well, part of it, what gets me frustrated is you have the, these game plans and you have an idea of what you're going to do when you go in. And the Chargers told us, we did the production meeting before, and they said, we're going to go up-tempo fast against these guys, and we're going to throw. They've got the 28th-rated pass defense. So they do that in the first half. They get some breaks, some short fields, but now you're up 27 nothing. So you don't have to keep going up-tempo, and you don't have to keep throwing. They only ran the ball eight times after they got a 27-0 lead. Mm -hmm. And that's what frustrated me as a defensive coach. When we would get in those situations with, with Peyton, I'd walk over to Tom Moore, our offensive coordinator. Okay, we're going to slow down. I didn't even have to do it because Peyton knew it. We're going to slow down. We're going to use the 40-second clock up. 
We're going to snap the ball with one second on the clock. We're going to run. We're not going to run out of bounds. We're not going to throw incomplete passes. Uh, we're just going to adjust a little bit and make sure we play sound. And that's what I thought the Chargers didn't do in the second half. What role would you play with Brett Maher, the Cowboys kicker? Uh, usually that, that's a one-off situation. Uh, I was at the game, and we couldn't believe how he was just missing and, and just like he had lost all his confidence. This guy's a good kicker. He's kicked well. Now, people told me he's been a little bit different on grass as opposed to at home. I don't know that for a fact. They're going to another grass field. But here's what I would say. Look, hey, we have total confidence in you. Don't even worry about last week. It's practice. Get in back in your routine and your groove, and we aren't going to let anything affect us. But uh, that was really – I've never seen a performance like that. Okay, but after he misses three, Tony, what would you have said to him? Um, I would have said um, just relax, kick off well. We're going for two, and we aren't kicking any more field <laughs> So just make sure you can kick off well. Would you have benched him and gone for two? Yes. Yes, I would have at that point because I don't want him to continue on more in that slump. And that's they they did try one more yeah. extra point, but they basically when they got in field goal range, they went for it. Dak scored on the the one rollout on fourth down. Um, yeah, unless you get into a, a position where a field goal has to win it for you, I, I think you just put him on ice right then because he was he was definitely his fundamentals, his thought process was messed up. I had mentioned. Uh, on the show that I'd never pick against Tom Brady. I'd pick against the Buccaneers, but not Tom Brady. I didn't think Tampa was good at all this year, but they still had Tom Brady. Uh, What do you make of the Brady situation? When he was walking off the field and acknowledging his family and the crowd, even how he addressed the media, what do you think his future is my sense is that he still wants to play. I, I get the vibe that he's he's not going to play here. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure they're going to talk him into trying to come back and play. I don't think he wants to go out on a year like this. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But it, it was a disappointing ending. I was surprised. I thought the Bucks would win. I didn't think against a Dallas defense that is, has a great pass rush, but you know, is not as good against the run. I didn't think you'd see 66 passes and 12 runs. Um, that that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, that discrepancy. That's all. It's rare when somebody's throwing that many times and they win a game. We're talking to the Hall of Famer Tony Dungy. You did talk about Dallas. You play on Monday night because you're the Cowboys. They want to showcase you. Now you got to go back home and then travel again, going out to San Francisco. And judging from your tweet. You don't think Dallas has much of a chance in San Francisco. Why? Dan, I brought it up last year when they changed uh, the schedule and went to Monday night. I understand wanting Monday night football and stretch the weekend out, but it is blatantly unfair in the postseason. That's exactly why we stopped having Monday night games in the last week of the regular season because that team is at a disadvantage the next week. Now you, you go here. We, we had this situation in 2001. I was coaching the Buccaneers. We played at the Rams on Monday night and then at Cincinnati the following Sunday. And I researched it because I wanted our guys to make sure they got their rest. I wanted to be able to emphasize how tough it is. I think at that time only three teams in the history of the 30 years of Monday night had been able to win back-to-back Monday night and Sunday road games. Mm. The league doesn't even try to schedule that way. They do all they can to avoid that uh, in the regular season. Well, now we've created it uh, where one team, and this one is even exacerbated because San Francisco played on Saturday. So they've got two more days rest. Dallas is working on a road Monday night game, short week, come back, flight out to San Francisco. And, yeah, you're going to say no excuses. This is the playoffs. These are good teams. But that, that is so unfair when you're talking about playoff football. Now, yeah, if you win, you get the bye, you, you, you won to get that. I understand that, and you should get a break. But San Francisco and Dallas are in the same boat. One team should not have two extra days to prepare. How do you think it plays out in Baltimore with Lamar and the Ravens? I hope they get Lamar situated with a long-term contract. Uh, they need and they they could have been a great football team this year. Now, the the 
tough part with Lamar and his style, he's going to get some injuries. And I think that's what Baltimore is trying to factor in. How much can we guarantee? How much do we put out for this quarterback who is great, but may be injured at times? And I hope they come to a meeting of the minds. I hope he stays there because they built this offense around him. And I know those players really want to play with him. They like him. Uh, hopefully it works out. Yeah, but you're talking like a coach. you got to talk like a businessman in this situation because he's looking at these guaranteed contracts and probably saying, hey, uh, I want what Deshaun Watson got. I want it all guaranteed. Sure he is, and he's feeling like that's what he deserves. And the coach on the, the Raven side is saying, yes, you do deserve that. But you're right, the business people have to say, well, we do that, Lamar, and you deserve it, and we give it to you, but that's going to hamstring us if you're not there, if you're injured, and we're paying you this money, and we've got to find another quarterback. Uh, that's, that's the tough balancing act, and I can see both sides of the coin. When Sean Payton goes in to interview, is he being interviewed by the team? Like, are they pitching? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. He is interviewing them, and he's saying – Here's what I want. Here's what I need. I've got four or five other teams. I need my own general manager. I need this type of long-term contract. I need these facilities. I need this type of power. Now, are we on the same page? And if the team says no, he packs up and goes to the next next team. Where do you think he'll end up? I really don't know uh, because it is a combination. You've got to have an attractive uh, situation for him. But then you've also got to satisfy New Orleans. Uh, Carolina, I don't know if they have enough draft choices to pay uh, New Orleans to, to play against Sean Payton twice a year. If I'm the Saints, I, I don't know if I want that. So I might want to send them to the AFC. Um, I, I really don't know. I, I think it's kind Oh, you could see where the Saints deny the request for Carolina. Oh, no, they, they, hey, you can talk to them, but it's going to take four number one drafts. Oh, okay. What did John Gruden get from, what did the, the Raiders, Raiders get for John Gruden? Two ones and two twos, I, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I could see Carolina saying, I need three ones. Uh, and, and we're not going to give you our Super Bowl winning coach to play against us twice a year unless yeah. you really sweeten the pot. Yeah. Has uh, Colts owner Jim Ursay asked for your input with the head coaching position? No, I haven't reached out to him. He hasn't reached out to me. and I've been busy uh, with the broadcast and things. I, I'm keeping my eye on it from afar, but I, I hope they uh, come up with the right person. That person's not Jeff Saturday. Well, I think Jim wanted it to be, and I think he still probably wants it to be. It's mm -hmm. a little hard to sell with seven straight losses. Uh, I know they're going to talk to a lot of people. Uh, Jim Irsay will – he'll figure it out. Uh, I do believe that. He'll figure out who the best person for, for this franchise is. The surprise game will come from – the surprise outcome will come from what game this weekend? <sighs> there, there's some interest. I, I really think San Francisco is playing the best football. Uh, I, and with Dallas having a short week – It'd be tough for me to see Dallas winning that game. Okay. Jacksonville, our game on NBC. Jacksonville going to KC. Andy Reid's been great after the bye. Patrick Mahomes is great there, but Jacksonville's got a little something uh, that they they feel great about themselves. They, they've got this mojo going. The first game, they they did some good things. Um, I, I'm looking forward to our game. I really am. If I gave you Tom Brady for a year, Aaron Rodgers for a year, same price. Hmm. Wow. Um, I don't know Aaron that well, but I know Tom Brady. I've been around him down here. I know how his competitive juices flow. I know how he would be there. 24-7 in the offseason, getting used to his new teammates. I, 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 If I had to wager on one guy or the other, I would take Tom just because I know a little bit more about him and I know what competitive fire he's going to bring and how he's going to bring out the best in, in the guys he's around. I give you Justin Herbert for five years or Joe Burrow for five years. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Um, We're not playing softball today, Tony. Yeah, Joe Burrow is has a great physical talent. Justin Herbert has unbelievable physical talent. 
Joe Burrow has that way to get away from the rush and escape and make plays uh, with his legs. That, that's a tough one. Based on what I've seen, I'd probably say Joe Burrow just slightly, just slightly. If you're the Bears, you keep Justin Fields, or if you trade him I, and you got the number one pick overall? I do. I keep Justin Fields. I build around him, and I see who is going to be in that auction for that number one pick. You want Bryce? Uh, I, I'll give him to you. It's going to take a lot, and then I'm going to get my other people around Justin Fields and build that. I didn't understand Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Those guys seem to fit Matt Eberflus's defense. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that's right from Indy. Those guys fit. They didn't pay them. Uh, okay, I get it. But those are the kind of guys I'm looking for. I need four or five guys like that. So if I can trade down a little bit and, and pick up some of that, that's what I would do. Do you live in Brady's neighborhood? Uh, no, I'm probably probably 15 minutes away. Have you driven by the house, though? Just, you know, you're out with, with, with the kids? You can probably see it from, from where I live. It's a pretty big house. How much bigger is Brady's house than yours? Five, five times as big as mine. Yes. And you got and five got times? 11, I've got 11 kids. I've got 11 kids, so you can, you can imagine how big his house is. Do you ever forget one of your kids' names? I don't forget the names. I sometimes forget them when I'm supposed to pick them up from school or I'm supposed to be at a, a game uh, or we're at, at Bush Gardens and we don't have all of them. Uh, but, no, I, I know the names. I just can't keep up with all of them. Uh, when I get the Christmas card, I need – it's almost like I need a program. I need, you know, a roster there with the lineup there, Tone. Yeah, yeah. I think we're done, though. I do think we're done at 11. So. Uh, well, my best to the family and uh, great to talk to you. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, DP. Always good being on with you, brother. That's uh, Tony Dungy. They've got uh, Jags in Kansas City coming up this weekend. Yes, Eden? That schedule must be impossible to keep track of. Well, I get the Christmas card, and, and you have to it, – it folds out. <laughs> the brochure. Yes. It, yes. It, it, it's like you're going on vacation, and you open it up to see everything, and, and they have a staircase, and, and the kids are all down both sides of the staircase. Yeah, Paul. I, I mean, I, the thought of five kids to me seems daunting. That's more than double. I know this guy. He's got five kids, and they all play sports. He's got a minivan. It looks like one of those SUVs in like Kandahar, where it's just beat up. It's all there's lacrosse sticks all over yeah. it. And all this guy does all weekend is drive from game to game to game. He's got five. Yeah, that's nuts. That's why I thank my kids. They weren't good in sports. I never <laughs> had. There, there was never any traveling teams. It's like, yep, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with it. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this with your phone calls. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. As you all know, we're the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Numero uno. Yeah, and we know why millions of people tune in every week. Yeah. They want to hear us talk sports, not our idiot guests who think they know more about sports than we do. Yeah, listen to these dummies. You don't know crap about sports. Nothing. Uh, you don't know nothing uh, about football. This is the worst thing Wait, I've ever he's been still on the line. Get off the show. Off the show. You don't know basketball. If you want to hear how sports talk should be done, yeah. listen to the Polly and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hannah Storm and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. NBC Sports coverage of the divisional playoffs. That'll be Saturday at 3 Eastern. Football night in America from Kansas City. Chiefs hosting Jaguars. Uh, Jason Garrett's going to join us on the program tomorrow. All right, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Ricky in San Antonio. Hi, Rick. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rick. Gonzo. Uh, Josh in North Carolina. Hi, Josh. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. First good morning. time, long time, 5'10", uh, 5'10", uh, 170. So I was thinking about the NFL draft, and I was curious uh, if the Danets might be able to help me out with some statistical uh, polls um, and really looking at uh, which position is hardest to draft in the NFL uh, by looking at how frequent it is that a certain position flops, meaning a player doesn't make it maybe beyond three or four years in the draft. All right. I'm just kind of curious all right, I'll uh, I'll get some of my best people on that. The uh, first round picks who don't last more than four years. I guess that's sort of what he's asking. Yes, Paul. Yeah, we could find that. But I, you know what? One thing that stood out. Remember Joe Thomas, the offensive tackle for the Browns. Mm-hmm. He talked to us about this a few years ago. He's like, if you draft a quarterback, they have to completely work out or you move on. Like they can't be okay, really. He goes, but if you draft a defensive tackle and he's good, he could be good for ten years, yeah. and you don't have to cut him in two years. I always thought wide receivers used to be a tricky position to draft. It feels like there's more receivers who are impactful receivers, but it was always, and this is where defenses could put their hands on you. They could be more physical. And I think it was tougher to be a standout wide receiver younger in your career. Uh, Martin in Atlanta. Hi, Martin. What's on your mind today? Thanks for taking the call, DP. I appreciate it. Yeah. Long time, long time listener. All right. Hey, I don't want to sound like an Aaron Rodgers apologist or anything, but it seems like he's catching all the blame in Green Bay. Get a bunch of these teams that have had struggling seasons, it's the OC that's catching it. I mean, or even the head coach, like look at Tom Brady. It just seems a little unfair that Rodgers is catching all of it. Oh, no, I just want him to make a decision. When he says, you know, hey, I think I can win an MVP, okay, is that in Green Bay? And if not, why isn't it in Green Bay? I, ju- I would just be fair to him in, with his answers because, you know, these are the playoffs. Uh, he, give him time. How much time do you need? Now, can you win in Green Bay? Can you win an MVP in Green Bay? If not, then why? And can G- Green Bay then help him out? But I'm not putting any blame on him. 
I don't know if the media is in Green Bay, but I'm just asking for clarification here. Like, what do you know? You know what you have here, don't you? You know these receivers. You know these running backs, offensive line, defense. What do we need? What are we missing? He talked about a rebuild. There's not. This isn't a rebuild in Green Bay, unless you bring in Jordan Love. Then it might be viewed as a rebuild because he's replacing Aaron Rodgers. But I would just want to know what are you? What are we missing? What do you want? Do you want to get out of Green Bay? And if so, then we don't have to do this dance. Because I wouldn't want to be doing this dance for the next couple of months, and then you go into the draft, and then did you draft somebody for him, and then here we go again. Yeah, Paul. You go back to last year, the Packers, they lost 13-10 to the Niners, where Jimmy Garoppolo did nothing. It was a defense, complete defensive effort. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers couldn't pass for a touchdown. They had, I think, a, a first-quarter touchdown by A.J. Dillon, and that was it. They needed just one more score, and they would have advanced on, and they could have been the favorite in the next round. They were at home. you got to win those games. Cold weather, Niners coming across country, like you, you win those games. But I'm not blaming him. I, I would blame him if this, you know, drags on as it has before. But look, I'm on record. I would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers prior to last season. I just would. At some point, you have to move on. You don't want to be held hostage. He's an incredible quarterback. But if I think I got something in Jordan Love, let's see what we have here. I got young receivers. I got, I got a lot of young talent here. Trent in Virginia. Hi, Trent. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Piggybacking off what you were talking about at the top of the hour, I had a potential poll question I want to get y'all's thoughts on. Okay. Uh, whose career would you rather have, Eli Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Well, I know what you're saying because Eli's got two Super Bowls and Aaron Rodgers has one. I would... You know, Eli is never going to be considered one of the great quarterbacks of all time. But he did engineer two of the great Super Bowl wins. But I would, I would want to be Aaron Rodgers. Even though people might look at my career as maybe a letdown. Didn't live up to what I'm, I'm supposed to be. But I would take Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he. Why is the, the second ring so much more valuable than four MVPs? Um, just in terms I of like individual success. Well, if Eli only had one Super Bowl, he's not a Hall of Famer. So he got two, now he's a Hall of Famer. And the last name, and he did it in New York, and he beat the Patriots both times. But would I take, you know, Aaron Rodgers' career over uh, Eli Manning's? Yes, in a second. But imagine if Rodgers had two, and you had... For Super Bowl. Look at Russell Wilson. If he had two. Now he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. But, you know, I wonder about that as as well. You know? Winning two is just... It separates you. Yeah, Paul? Eli Manning had two Super Bowl victories. He never won a playoff game in any other season of his career. He was 4-0 twice, obviously, in the playoffs. Because they were wild cards both times. Yeah. He never won another playoff game as a starting quarterback. Yeah. So all his work was over a, you know, basically a nine-week period in two years. Would anybody take Eli Manning's career over Aaron Rodgers? You're actually giving thought to this, Paul. I love the idea of having two Super Bowls I was directly responsible for. Eli played well in them, played well in the playoffs both years. In the 2011 playoffs, he had nine touchdowns and one pick. Yeah. In the 27, 2007 playoffs, he had six touchdowns and one pick. He, was, he, was, he helped in every sense of the word. It's tough to remove the name Manning from him, too. Yes, he. But he was benched in one of those years that he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like it's not like when you look back and you see he, they have the two rings. You definitely have two rings, and that's awesome. But there was a lot of turmoil in all of that where he we wasn't exactly appreciated. I wouldn't even hesitate for a second to say I would take Eli's career over Aaron Rodgers. Eli was not a great regular season quarterback. Would you take Eli Manning's career over Dan Marino's? Because. Now you remove the Super Bowl victory. No. Dan Marino is one of the baddest dudes to ever play that position. Yeah, he's, he's a unicorn. I know, I know he doesn't have a Super Bowl, but man, oh man. The guy reinvented the position. This whole, you know, spread, short receivers, you know, and he threw deep. Uh, Marino, that was a bad dude when he played, man.
People feared Dan Marino. Final hour coming up. Marcellus Wiley will stop by. Hope you'll join us as well. Two hours in the books. One more to go with Fritzy, Seton, Marv, Paulie. Yours truly. One more item as we close out hour two. Simply safe home security. Customize the perfect system for your home. It's going to take you just a couple of minutes at simplysafedan.com. In fact, go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. Simplysafedan.com. U.S. News and World Report. They're unbiased. They said, What's the best home security system of 2022? Simply safe. What about 2021? Simply safe. What about 2020? Yep, simply safe. 3 24-7 professional monitoring agents, and they use Fast Protect technology. Only Simply Safe offers this, capturing critical evidence, verifying that the threat is real, then you get a higher priority spot on the police response. Simply Safe, whole home security, advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD cameras for inside. They've got it all, and it'll cost less than a dollar a day. That's simplysafedan.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.